Hello. It's easier for me to say, hey, man, Hello. you're doing a great job, but for me to say, you're an idiot. Oh, I can't do it. It's just, I can't do it. I can't turn him down. This is not great. I'm stupid. That was terrible. We haven't done this in so long. It's been like it's been like oh, look, let's get into it, shall we? Let's let's not. All right, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number forty-four of the Board Game Gateway Podcast. My name is Neva, and I am your host for this evening. And I am joined around the table by three lovely gentlemen, two faces you'll recognise: Mr. Damien, hello, and Mr. Ralph, and one you won't recognise because he's our special guest for this evening, Mr. Rob. Hello, sir. Hello, I haven't been called lovely for a while. Oh well, look, I like to like I like. You do have the love song dedication voice as well. <laughs> yeah. so cool. Greetings, greetings. Would you like to dedicate a board game to us? <laughs> oh, oh God. If this is the first time that you're listening to the Board Game Gateway podcast, we are entryway into the world of board gaming and fun times. And for the, I've been removing tabletop gaming out of that slogan for a long time because we've never talked tabletop games. We are going to change mm. that tonight and we'll get to that soon because... Uh, you know, we love to talk board games, but the reason we brought Rob onto this podcast is uh, he's actually... Uh, he likes to walk board games. He likes to... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well done. Oh, That's we right. I walk the walk. Po- I talk the talk. Yeah. Oh, we haven't done a podcast. We actually haven't done a recording in at least three weeks, and all the sillies are going to come out. Definitely. Yeah. No, Rob, uh, please introduce yourself to the people at home uh, who are listening to the podcast and who are watching this on YouTube. Um, tell us a bit about uh, yourself, but also the games uh, that... Uh, the Well, the campaigns that you've designed and your foray into, well, I guess game design. That's going to be what we're going to be. Have a chat. Pretty Tell much. And like what sort of, what games tickle your yeah. fancy and what made you go into game design as well? Yeah. Okay. Well, my name is Robert Vella. Um, Good start. I've, yeah, um, strong name. <laughs> <laughs> I've written three campaign books for Warlord Games. Um, um, the system is called Bolt Action. Um, it's a platoon level miniature war game um, set in World War Two. Okay. That. So... It covers um, the entire war. Like they have their base books. Mm-hmm. Well, they have obviously you've got the main rule book, then you've got the base books covering all the major nations and minor nations. Okay, the books I wrote for them are campaign books about specific campaigns during the Second World War. And it's all like like nonfiction. Like they're all true battles yeah. that yeah. happened. Sorry. Okay. I, so I, I'm going to stop you right there. You wrote these entire the entire book. Yes. Oh my god! I legitimately thought it was just a campaign in the book. I didn't realize it was the whole thing. No, I am even no, more, yeah, I, yeah. I, I designed the I, units, wrote the scenarios. I'm even more impressed right now, Rob. Oh my god! I'm just like, and there's three of them here in front of us. This is great. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to stop you. <laughs> oh my god! And I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I'm a bit of a nut, so I've done a ton. I did a ton of research on all the books. So went to the, went to arc, you know, went to archive websites, read accounts, did all, did everything. So. Uh, for it um so when you look through the the units and the theater selectors okay a lot of effort went into detailing so how long do you think it took you to write one of these books um the first book had a very short deadline because they wanted to get it out before the 75th anniversary of the d-day landings the first book's about operation overlord the it's on, on based on one day Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's the the, the uh, airborne operations and the D Day um, land, the seaborne landings mm-hmm. on D Day, sixth of June, nineteen forty four. Um, yep, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Texas out. fact checking you, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm used. When I go on podcasts, it's usually 
talking to people that are really into World yeah, War yeah. II and stuff. Yeah, like no, I, no. I, I am really yeah. into it um, but, as um, well. So, 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 all right, Rob. So you got just to give an idea for the people who are listening at home. When we say a campaign book, these books are roughly anywhere from 170 to 200 pages long. They have got they detail all of the different scenarios that you can play, the unit loadouts, and all that so kind the, of so stuff the, as well. The basic idea of it is, if you're interested in a specific campaign of the Second World War, mm-hmm. that's supposed to give you everything you need to play it. Okay, scenarios, units, even heroes. Um, Special rules Love okay, that. that fit in with the system. But, okay. but but essentially, it gives you the means to then play out your own version of that. Yeah. And, and then therefore, they could, ha- they could have different outcomes on the table. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Love it. So, so when you when you say a platoon-level uh, tabletop game, I mean... Reinforced platoon. Really. So, so, so what, what does that mean? So for the people who've never played like yeah. a tabletop game, so uh, like uh, they may be thinking of like, you know, standalone minis or like when you say like reinforced platoon, what does that actually mean to the people? So a platoon is a unit in a, in a military organization. So mm-hmm. it's a, between well, it's 30, 30 to... On the higher end, maybe up, even up to fifty, right? Depending on what army uh, you're looking at, but this uh, the 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 reinforced platoons in these books. Yep, I call them reinforced platoons because they're big platoons. Right. Okay. Where you have lots of support to make the game fun. It's based in history, but we obviously want to make the game fun as well. That's right. Right. You have to balance. That's what I've had to balance when I was when I was writing these books. Mm. the historical aspect which people want yep obviously they're playing a game about history and they, they're interested in that period mm-hmm. but you also have to make it fun make it playable yep yeah um interesting enjoyable you, you tie the theme to the mechanics of it yes. so like of a particular yes. battle and things like that. obviously really this cool. is very thematic like yeah when, when you're talking about board games you get a lot of board games that focus more on mechanics and uh mechanisms rather than theme uh, the, the theme is central to these miniature war games. Um, the mechanics have to fit the theme. Yeah, and, and I'm assuming because typically the, the the type of people that are attracted to these games, they are really yeah. really invested in it. You tend to get found out if 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 anything seems a bit there, sus. There are some guys. Yeah, true. There are a lot of people that are just big history buffs that play these games, and you have to get you have to get things right. Yeah, yeah, yep. definitely do. Um, but there are other guys that just love the system. Okay, yeah. they they they've played Warhammer or they've played some other system, you know, and and they just really like this system as mm-hmm. well. And it is a really good system. Like I've played a lot of miniature wargaming systems. I'm a, I'm more of a board gamer these days, even though I still write <laughs> for Warlord Games and I do um, I, I yep. play test these these things and you know work on them. I was a big miniature wargamer. I've played a lot of miniature wargame systems. This is one of the best systems so i've never really played is. any sort of miniature war game or tabletop game before yes. like that um what would you say is the entry point for someone to try or get into bolt action um entry point so obviously you need to well i'll, I'll tell you the t- about i'll tell you about the first time i sure. <laughs> saw um i had no idea about miniature war gaming until i was in my mid-20s mm-hmm. i'd played board games you know i did things like that I walked into this shop called The Tin Soldier in Penrith one day and I had no idea what I was looking at. There was figures over there. There was rule books over here. There were like um, supplementary books to go with the, rule, the systems. Okay, and I just told, asked the guy, how does this work? 
Yep. I have no idea how this works. And, and he just said, come by tonight. And you'll see it all in action and you'll understand it. So the way it works is you have the rule system which tells you what you can and can't do in the game, obviously. Okay, all the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, you have you have you usually have not all miniature war games have this, but a measuring tape mm-hmm. to measure distances and movement. Because it's normally done in like inches or something like that, isn't it? Yes. Normally, it's yep. the standard. Usually, the imperial systems used, yeah, yep. rather than centimeters. Um, there's um, there's dice. Things are usually resolved with dice. Okay. Um, and that's the way it works. And all the rules are based around that. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of light, line of sight stuff. Does, line of sight. does something have cover? Does it this not have cover? This is the type of thing that's kind of getting me out of it now. That's yeah. what I appreciate about board games. I started with board games when I was young and I played a lot. I played, you know, a lot of mainstream board games, but there were a few I got into like Axis and Allies, mm-hmm. um, History of the World, which I still love. Mm-hmm. Um, and games like that. Um, before I discovered this and I really got into it because I was a massive history buff. Like I was a history teacher yep. for 20 years um, and I was obsessed with World War II. I used to read volumes and volumes of books of, about the Second World War. I knew everything about it and I was inspired by history and that's what mm. actually got me into get, really got me into gaming. I was like casually into to gaming before that. Um, history is what got me into it. Um, Oh, oh, that's okay. He's a guest. He's right. He's not He's used allowed. to it. Oh no, that's okay. It's all right. Everyone gets yes. one. We've all had that moment. Ralph. Last time that Ralph plays with cards in the middle of my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Demo rolls dice. Rolls dice. Matt plays. With, off. No, that's okay. It's all right. This is. Yeah, so he's, he's what way opposition. No, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> what, you're, you are on fire tonight, my friend. I'm just. I'm absolutely. I'm impressed with it. What What I do want to ask though, mate, is. Um, so the three books that we have in front of us now, they're all based on World War Two campaigns. And yep. you mentioned that you have a real interest in w- yep. World War Two. Did you ever consider um, looking at uh, possibly writing books for other wars, other campaigns in wars? Because uh, I know Bolt Action does spread across different wars, let alone, I mean, sorry, different campaigns yes. and yeah. wars as well. Yeah, the um, one about the Korean War. That's yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Did you... Like is is that something you've ever considered doing, or or are you or, or are you far more comfortable um, sort of writing these books for World War Two because that's oh, where your interest? I'm interested as well. in any period really. Like this is the this is the this is the period I know most about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like yeah, I, I'm interested in lots of different historical periods. So yeah, nice, awesome. Well, nice. look, we will move on from this at the moment. So again, the game's called Bolt Action which is uh, obviously the tabletop. And the three books that Rob has, the campaign books that he's written for Bolt Action, are Campaign The D-Day Overlord, uh, Campaign Italy Tough Gut, and Campaign Italy Soft Underbelly. So if you're wanting to check out uh, some local uh, Australian talent in the uh, tabletop scene, go check out these books. They're uh, pretty hefty. They've got a lot of detail in there. So look, go check them out if you want. Um, But 
We did bring Rob on here as well to talk board games because we did actually, we uh, all basically met each other as part of the MacArthur Board Gamers, which we've talked about in this podcast before. Um, and so what we're going to actually have a quick chat about is we're going to ha- chat about a couple of games that we've been playing over the week. Uh, I'm going to highlight a couple of them. Uh, Damon's going to have a quick chat about Lost Cities. I'm going to bring up Space Station Phoenix and Ralph is going to take us. Uh, we'll start with you, Mr. Ralph. You're gonna, oh, uh, sure. We're just going to have a quick overview of, uh, we, we do talk a lot, uh, Blood on the Clock Tower on this podcast because we do love to run some board game uh those nights but uh we just had our biggest one yet tell us about it and uh tell us why why are we bringing it up again because uh (laughs) i think we we, yeah it's uh, it's it's one of those nights may i think this latest one was the most insane clock tower night i've seen it was busy or anything it was bloody busy it was insane i was so so upset i couldn't come to this one because the amount of people you had we had was monstrous we had a we've got access to a warehouse in smeaton grange uh one of our lovely friends helped me set that space up which is just absolutely amazing to play mm-hmm. the tower in um so thank you again <laughs> and um we're going to be running another night there uh the date is to be announced still um but we do have another night going off on october 6 at ingleburn bowling club so i'll put tickets up for sale soon as well um, but essentially this particular one, last time you were there they, at this warehouse, we, we had, had three games running. We had it. 25 to 30 people-ish thereabouts and we had three games going, yeah. Yeah, this time the ticket sales literally on the day went up to 60 people. Jeez. I, knew, I, thought and was... I think about 50 of them turned up. Wow. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. yeah it, was an, it was a hectic night. So we had four games of Clock Tower running wow. mm-hmm. pretty much the entire night. Uh, we went from about 6.30 p.m. till about very close to 1 in the morning. Jeez. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah. that we wrapped up. Yeah, I know. So, basically, there was one game running towards the end and I had to bail. So, as I've said before, I tend to start work really early. Yeah. Um, I was in the second to last game to finish. I played that one with you. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was already 12.30 when I left. <laughs> And yeah. it was like, and it, it just was, kept going. Yeah, it, it just kept massive going. Night. And what was insane? We played a, a custom script, so it, it, it these nights are very beginner friendly, and they have um like the base game that we encourage people to go into and play and try out. But we started venturing into custom scripts, and there's this official custom script called Uncertain Death. And I set the game up, thinking, okay, twelve player game, you know, it won't be too hard to run. I'll just select these characters because I think they're cool. And I start doing the first night and I realized I have to wake up every single person. <laughs> oh, God. It doesn't change. Like the entire game, everyone gets something to do every night. And wow. I'm like, this is hell. <laughs> <laughs> the nights were the longest thing ever. So, But I'll tell you what, it ended up being a really interesting game overall. So um, everyone had a great night. Everyone brought along their own food to this warehouse again. So thank you. Um, it was absolutely amazing. So yeah, looking forward to running more of these events. So, we are looking at doing some deep dive content into Blood on the Clock Tower in the near future. Yep. Um, we have quite a few things that we have planned and we do know that our, our content has been a bit spotty over the past month and a half, but we plan, we're planning on rectifying that coming into the end of the year. Yep. But and we're, some of the- we're going to have this thing called structure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, regularity is yeah. another word. Oh, no, yeah. but we do have, we are planning on doing some deep dive Metamusal. content into the, <laughs> into the um, beginner friendly stuff. So if this sounds like something that, you know, you want to look into, we will be talking about that. But we're going to move from Blood on the Clock Tower, the review night. We're going to go straight to you, Damien, because you yep. wanted to bring up Lost Cities, a uh, game that uh, you've been playing a little bit of. And uh, yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, uh, look, just, 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 just before we do quickly, um, I just want to say massive thank you, massive shout out to all the storytellers 
on the clock tower at night. Oh, definitely. We had so many people helping. We had so many people jumping in. So before I jump in, massive, massive thank you to everyone who just mm. jumped in and was happy to story tell. You guys were the heroes of the night. 100%, so, yeah. Thank you. All right. Lost Cities. So um, last week, mm-hmm. uh, Rob was nice enough to invite me over for a game night. And invariably... I, he mentions, hey, I've got, a st- I've got a pile of games that I'm looking to sell. <laughs> and me being me, I can't help myself. No, you can't. The, you wallet, can. the wallet immediately came out and went, I'll buy that. <laughs> um, so I bought uh, an... Half oh, his collection, I think it was. No, <laughs> no Just one game. Just one game this time. I wanted him to, to, uh, <laughs> to buy the rest of it. you, you got to work on that one. Selling. Yeah. It doesn't take much of a game, So... Um, <laughs> Bought, um, this one's shiny. <laughs> bought a copy of Lost Cities. And so for anyone who anyone's listening who hasn't played Lost Cities, essentially Lost Cities is a head-to-head card game. Mm-hmm. Love my card games. Um, and your goal in the game is to score as many points as possible. So far, doesn't sound like it sounds like every other game. But what you are doing in this game is you have five columns in front of you, and the same five columns are in front of your opponent. Mm-hmm. They are different colored. And your goal in the game is to play as many cards as you can and accumulate as many points before that deck runs out. Mm-hmm. Once that deck runs out, game ends, that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay? And what, what you do on your turn, you can do one of two things. You can play a card out to one of the columns in front of you. The card you play has to match the color of the column. or And, and then you would take a card either from the communal uh, discard area or from the top of the deck. And that is how the game speeds up. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can just trash a card to the communal area and then take take either one of the other cards. So basically, every single color or every single column will have its own unique discard pile. So, for instance, if you discard a blue card, it goes to the blue it goes to the column of blue cards. Mm-hmm. Okay, or the discard column for blue cards. Anyway, one thing you can't do you can't discard and pick up the same card again. You have to progress the game. Yep. The kicker is twofold. One, every single column is worth negative 20 points immediately unless you choose not to play in that column. Oh, no. Then it's worth nothing. Okay? Right. So, the moment moment you start playing to a column, it's negative 20. It's negative 20. Right. Okay? But, Damien, how do I get... How do I go up the negative points? The way you gain points in a column is by playing cards, but the cards can only be played in numerical order. Oh, no. Okay, <laughs> okay yeah. So, you have this head-to-head thing where you've got you, you've got your cards, your opponent is playing their cards, and you're trying to see what cards they're playing, and you're thinking, all right, so my opponent has just played the blue two. I've got the blue three. I'm going to hold on to that, and I'm going to force them to skip the three, which they can do, they can always play a higher card. They just can't play a lower card right. when they play out. Yes, yeah, so that was my next. So I yes. used blue two. I could play the blue four because that's but and skip the three. If that's I right. Yes, right, you okay. can do that. And the highest card in a column is ten. Right. Okay. So for instance, you get ten. All of a sudden, you've eliminated half your negative points for that column. In addition, you have uh, these cards. They are of zero value on their own, and you can only play them at the very beginning of the column. I have forgotten what the card is called. It will come to me in a second. Apologize, uh, apologies, listeners. But essentially, what what they are, they act as a mul- multiplier. I can't believe you forgot. I forgot. I'm terrible. <laughs> um, so if you play one at the beginning of a column, you double your score. Hmm. If you play two, you triple your score. If you manage to play all three, you quadruple your score. <laughs> However. 
If you're left with negative in that column, you quadruple, you quadruple a negative, negative value, yep. which is what I did to my son. And <laughs> it was great. It was really, really great. So, it um, sounds so brutal. <laughs> it sounds different to the, the one I've played. I haven't even actually played that one I sold you to. I played the, the multiplayer one. That's a yeah, play. yeah, that's right. Yeah, Their version. Yes. Yeah. So, the head to head one um, is the only one I've, I've played. I know right. of the multiplayer one. I've seen mm-hmm. it played, but I've never Are played it. Are they called it something different? Or? No, it's no. The, they're both okay. called Lost Cities. Um, oh, how it, do I know if I'm buying Rhino a two player or the. I believe it's. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, it's a Rhino Canizia. It's a Rhino Canizia. Yeah, absolutely. I believe the Lost Cities does have like two player on it or something. It's like, oh, it's like okay. Lost Cities head to head. No, 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 no. The original one is just called Lost Cities. Oh, it's the reprint. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So. So um, this is before Duel was a thing. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> I think the original Basically. was a two-player one. The original one is the two-player two one. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm getting confused. So yeah. is it is yes. this four A into sort of like right, right. So basically, yeah. the the actual original concept there that he had. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I don't know if Lost Cities came first or if Battle Line came first, but essentially it's it's a similar game. Yeah, it sounds like a Battle Line right. thing of like I need to put people in a in an area, but if I commit people to an area, then I'm committed into it's, going to that it's area. conceptually yeah. a very very similar game. Right. Okay. Um, but it is, but the original was head to head. Yes, mm-hmm. it is a Rainer Knizia game. So if anyone has listened, I love his games. I'm yet to play one that I don't like. How many bow ties do you own? None. You need. Come on, mate. How many components did he have in his house? Like that was one of the. Oh, lot. It was a lot. It was, it was, yeah. it was yeah. insane. But look, yeah. Lost Cities is fantastic. The game is the the game is taught in five minutes. It is over in twenty. You shuffle them up. You did deal them out again. Setup is quite literally try this one. Yeah, deck of cards cool. and a board in front. What, of What's the theme, That's Damien? It. You haven't even mentioned the theme. The theme is hundred percent painted on. It is colors on a board. <laughs> Technically, you are. You are treasure. Yeah, I wonder why I forgot the same. You're, tre- you're hunting. Te- for technically, like- you're hunting for treasure, but it's yeah. it's a hundred percent painted on. It, it's <laughs> like I don't get it. That's right. Yeah. So it could just be rainbow theme. It could be rainbow uh, theme. You yeah, feel the okay. theme a little bit. Yeah. It is a slightly there. Did you? Yeah. But I can see why you forgot it about it. But, yeah. But do you? Re- does it need it, or does the mechanic speak for itself? Uh, the, look, it's a Rhino Conceal. Yeah, that's right. The yeah. the mechanics. It, it's the mechanics. One hundred percent speak for themselves. Yeah. Like the the theme could be anything. I mean, we've all played. Uh, well, I know, I know three of us have played High Society. Rob, I don't know. No, High no, Society's I haven't great, played yeah. High Society. But the thing is, again, like yeah, it's the just thing, numbers. It's, it's just numbers. numbers. That's yeah. all it is. You're playing for numbers. I've played Battle Line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, look, the theme's painted on. But it is a fantastic game. Um, again, something that you that parents can play with kids. It is yeah. readily available. Um, I play with my family. Lost Cities. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I rate it. Lost Cities has been great. Love that. Okay. Well, we're going to go from uh, what is a simple game to not such a simple game. But there's a, a game that I do want to have a quick chat about because I've been playing a little bit over over the past couple of weeks in between the recordings, which is Space Station Phoenix. Um, and this is a relatively new game i believe it's about two years old if i'm not mistaken one to two years old um and it is a euro east sort of uh game where you are converting uh gems uh, biomatter uh you know different kind of things the theme of the game is let me let me take a step back the theme of the game is that we are all colonists or space colonists and we are taking uh humanity to the stars right so it's a co- cooperative game no it's a, it's a, it is a, it is a competitive game so we are taking humanity to the stars and we have our spaceships and those spaceships we have nine of them in front of us so i believe actually six 
six of them in front of us. I'm playing a four-player game at the moment, and it's got six of us in front of us. Those ships are your action spaces. Each ship provides you with different benefits. Those things could be such as, all right, I need to... Um, I need to gain resources from the planet. So I send an expeditionary force down to the planet. I roll some dice and hey, I get some biomatter or I get some water. So there, um, and from there, what we are trying to do is we are trying to accumulate, uh, victory points in the, in the, um, so the, the winning conditions are one of two things. First of 40 victory points. So it's a bit of a race or the next thing is the first and once everyone builds their space stations and here's where the game gets pretty interesting every player has a space station and each of those space stations are three separate wings that you can um build uh there's a red wing a green wing and a yellow wing i can think i believe they are no but no x wing no, no x wing <laughs> okay no but the three anyway. wings that you build come in three different levels so they have essentially make this little like triangle grid that kind of ex- increases out as you build it cool once everyone has either built all nine of their sectors of their space station so three three and three and if everyone has done that the person with the most victory points wins so it's either first of 40 or if no one's gotten to 40 once we've finally built everything see who's got the most victory points pretty simple where this game gets really interesting is there are four main um currencies i guess you can say i've kind of mentioned there's gems which is your main money diamonds essentially biomatter leaves water and then there is metal and metal is very hard to come by but metal is also what you need to get to um to make your um space station your wings of your space station so how do you come by metal the main mechanic and the main twist of this game from a euro perspective is i mentioned that your ships are your actions i can say i just want to go here and activate this ship for its action and that may be build one of my wings right However, one of the actions I can do is dismantle. I can actually take an action space and it'll have a value of metal that that ship represents and I can scrap it from the game for the rest of the game and it gives me maybe 10 metal, right? right? And now that for the rest of the game, that action space is no longer available to anyone and we can't use that. Because in this game, I can take all of the ships that I have in front of me as my action action spaces, but I can also go to Damien, and I can use your ships. I have to pay you a fee to do that of gems, and maybe like, I have to pay you (laughs) three gems to do the action, but I have to pay you an extra two for the privilege of using your ship only two maybe it's three my ships are my ships are the ships do come in three different levels one two and three three being better than one and they get you know progressively stronger the more that you get so maybe you want to dismantle the number one the level one ship so that i can i'm never going to use it when i can just use the level three ship this is the main mechanic of the game which is that you're trying to figure out you know you're creating an engine of well i need to get income to get more gems maybe i want to convert those gems into different sort of currencies into water metal and uh you know into metal to build things or try and increase my income so that's the main mechanic of the board and the final bit of this game which i'm really enjoying at the moment is what's called the diplomacy board one of the actions called diplomacy and it basically just means of all the different types of actions that you can take you can increase your political standing on said actions. I'm really good at doing maybe, you know, sending people to the earth to get stuff. So I want to make sure that I've got the most amount of influence in that particular sort of action. 
Anytime any player takes that action, the person who is in the lead in the diplomacy board gets a bonus. That could be victory points. It could be water. It could be grass. It could be gems to spend on more actions. Take your pick. So you're, it's very, if it's sounding very complex and yorry right now. That's because it is. I, and I'm, I'm, I actually have to admit, I am kind of enjoying it at the moment, but I will admit there's not a lot of... I haven't noticed a lot of... Um, I've noticed a little bit of this, uh, what's the multiplayer solitaire syndrome coming through at the moment. So I can use a space and block you from using it, right. but I can just take income to refresh the board and then you can go and use it. I'm just point. loving the idea at the moment that I have in my head where we have these alien factions and they're currently negotiating and trying to beat each other because whoever wins gets grass. That's yep, amazing. Exactly right. They're fighting over grass. Everyone just wants to get high. That's exactly yeah. right. I'm, I'm, look, I'm, and I'm skimming over some of the rules here. There are a few things going on about how you can, you know, you can recruit aliens into your space station to help increase your income or increase humans and all these kind of things. But the game itself is this kind of. I'm glossing over that because it's, it's like you know, you know, some aliens are green aliens, so that you they can only go into the green sector because the environmental, you know, benefits sure. of that sector yep. is, you know, game mechanics you know or some aliens are wild aliens who happen to just go everywhere it's great right <laughs> they go to a pizza exactly, the yeah. exactly. <laughs> they go to a pizza but like but the, but the game itself is actually i'm actually really having a lot of fun with this at the moment i didn't think i would um it did feel very kind of <sighs> did it take much to learn no it actually didn't take much to learn only was like a 25 minutes each um it's actually relatively simple there's just you can do a lot of things the problem is is that you have to be aware of what action spaces everyone has because if okay. i have if i know borrow other people exactly right yeah, so sure, sure. if you yeah. have the really strong dismantle action yeah. maybe that one lets me get a bonus for of extra iron right and i need to know who has it and who's not currently using it cool but then you may also then the reason we need to know what's going on is cuz i know hey ralph keeps coming and using my dismantle action Stuff that guy, I'm going to dismantle that card because I'm not going to use it ever, get rid of it, give myself the the iron to use, and now he has to go elsewhere and find other actions. Cool. So there is a, there is a bit of interaction. There's not really a lot so of So it's more blocking. like the strategy that comes from the interaction. Yeah. It, look, yeah. it is a bit of an engine builder because as you build up your space station, you get more income, you get more uh, bonuses for doing specific actions and things like that. Like, hey, every time you take the diplomacy action, increase yourself, gain three gems sort of thing. So, you know, you're looking for more opportunities to do those actions and stuff. So it's very, you know, Euro game sort of feel to it, but it has that space sci-fi uh, thing. And the interesting twist is obviously the fact that my action spaces, I can get rid of them out of the game, which is a very interesting mechanic. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, it's something I kind of wish like Anachrony had because mm. after you build something, you're kind of just stuck with it there. Yeah. Yeah, oh. so I know there, there is one faction that lets you. Is there? I'm pretty sure there was. Okay, because I know pretty you can just sure. get rid of those like anomaly tiles. Yeah, yeah, but... the, the anomaly ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then again, I thought without diverging too much, like that's actually why I, I kind of like games that that if you were to basically put put yourself in a corner, mm-hmm. it's kind of like your, your fault. Yeah, um, it's amazing <laughs> in that yeah, way because yeah. the whole game is but but I, yeah, I, yeah, I I I agree with you. The, the only thing I will say, like like. I've heard of this game. I've heard it spoken about Same. before. Mm-hmm. Definitely keen to try it. The only thing is, though, is that you keep mentioning finding metal. Now, back in my day, if you wanted to find metal, you into Utopia Records. Like that's, <laughs> that's where you right. Found I was metal. thinking Aussie Osborne. Right. That's thing, exactly you know? right. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I, I don't know what their problem. Obviously, is. the designers had not actually, you know, <laughs> done that right. No, Me but, metal. <laughs> but I, I do want to. I do want to say the reason why I brought this game up, and you know, I wanted to talk about, it is because I really did find that game mechanic very, very interesting. Of the whole idea of like 
metal is very hard to come by. The you know everyone. There's games that have finite resources like Dune Imperium. Yeah, absolutely. And stuff. But what it does different is it basically says you may have a mini engine in front of you, and at some point it may be quicker for you to just absolutely just blitz bail. your bail yeah, out of yeah. this whole thing and just gr- and go big onto. I'm going to dismantle three of my ships, grab thirty iron because that allows me to buy build three sectors of my ship yeah that restructure sounds fun yeah but yeah. once you do that you got to time it because once you do that you've lost the action for the rest of the game gotcha. yeah. so yeah. i'm really enjoying it i'm looking forward to playing a lot more of it actually um i'll check it out yeah. um uh, yeah i look forward to playing it with you guys and actually probably teaching it to you guys in the future but um look where that was uh space station phoenix we're going to move on though and speaking of interesting game mechanics and things that we haven't you know you know, seen oh, before we talk about so many we do talk about this but the yeah. reason we did bring rob on well not only because we actually like speaking to rob and think he's a cool guy but he has been to- telling us that he and we've been helping him have a look at well he's actually just trying to design a board game uh, so, yeah we, we haven't helped him design a board game no <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry if we've rob, helped him play if, test his board game is if, what i should have said i, 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 I want to make it clear if, if at any point rob asked me to help him design a board game a this thing would not get off the ground and b it would just catch fire immediately on the table it's like the Homer Simpson yeah. where he puts like the milk in the cereal and just flames come up basically yeah. you guys help a lot when you yeah <laughs> but look but that's why we wanted to bring him in here yeah. not necessarily to talk about the game because it's not finished and not ready for public consumption yet but we will let rob say what he wants about his game and what he finds interesting and why he's going that but also to tell us about his foray into the world of tabletop design so in front of us we do also have some of the books that he's currently reading which are well known in the uh, board game uh, mm-hmm. design sphere uh so rob you know tell us about you know what your transition from does i'm assuming you went from the designing the campaigns into starting to design your own board game is that kind of how it went so well, tell us about that well that's right it's, it's it's been quite a different process i've kind of had to learn from scratch really um this is more like writing a book and it's the reason why i'm saying i have to start from scratch is because i'm working with another a system that somebody else has designed when i'm referring to bolt action yeah so i've added to that design mm-hmm. and i've added some innovations to it as well but it's not my design it's not my system mm-hmm. i'm creating my own system yeah so this is so, like a like a cover song in, in a way sort of yeah, yeah. so you're adding to the system you're adding more units you're adding more scenarios mm. design that based around that system also isn't my system yep so i'm designing my own system now and it's board game mm-hmm. um and before i started i i just i delved into reading a lot about board game design there's a few books i would recommend to new designers um one of the first ones i read was called um uh board uh, de- uh board game design advice right and it was just people ask uh, interviewing famous board uh, board game designers Ryan Knizia was one of them. heaps heaps of board game designers uh Matt Leacock just anyone any design you could think of they were just asking questions about the most important things about designing a board game sorry which book was that it was called board game design advice okay i think it was by the uh games laboratory sure mm-hmm. I think. okay yeah. Sounds interesting. I haven't got that back. Well, no, 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 I'm, I'm just remembering off the top I'm of my head. doing this because I want to yeah. check it out. If you are, yeah, if you are watching on YouTube, or on the, we are going to put links to these books in yeah. the descriptions yeah. of both the podcasts. So we will check out the descriptions and, and you'll see them there. That was a great start. That was a great starting point because it brought to reality what it involves. Uh, one of the things they mentioned was in regards to playtesting, you need to playtest your game at least 100 times for it to be ready 
to be, to to be published, mm-hmm. um, at least. So so far, I've I've playtested my game that I'm working on fifty times. So <laughs> still got a long way to go, and it feels that way too. Mm-hmm. And it's come a long way. It's evolved, and that's one of the coolest things about designing a board game. Seeing that the the game um, start from just your ideas, in your head, mm-hmm. turning into something real, and evolving and changing and and becoming something really cool, which uh, I'm pretty happy with the, where my board game is at the moment. But um, I did a lot of work in doing the research and finding out what I need to do to design a board game successfully. So that's is, why I'm talking about. Is there here. anything you'd be comfortable sharing with us about your game? Like sure, yeah. what it's called, what, like, what, what inspired you to create it? Um, is is there a th- like theme theme behind it that you're really interested yes. in? So take it away. Okay, so it's called the game I've got the, the name I've got for it at the moment is called Going the Distance. Okay, it's a game about boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, it's what, kind of, what era of boxing is it? Okay, so it's set in the 1930s, 1940s. I call it the golden age of boxing. That's what people that are into boxing call it because. Mm-hmm. It was. It pretty much was the golden age because um, boxing was one of the most popular sports in the world at that time. It was the most com- popular combat sport. Mm-hmm. Um, the heavyweight uh, uh, boxing champion of the world was known by everybody around the world. It was they were as well known as royalty, as political leaders. Um, they were the most well-paid athletes. Right. Okay. There were about ten times the amount of boxers uh, around. At that time than, mm-hmm. there, than there are today very few like for example in new york city there's probably about 50 boxes mm. okay back in the 1930s 40s 50s golden age is roughly between 1920 and 1955 yep okay there are about 10 times that amount oh. easily <laughs> I know that we're going away, but I reckon it's yeah. kind of linked to like brain trauma studies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's true. I, there's a there's a few reasons why yeah. the golden era ended of boxing. <laughs> yeah, okay, died, <laughs> that's yeah. one of them. Yeah, okay, they, they actually did find out about the damage. Yeah, it was definitely. Doing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, there was also one of them actually. One of the um, downfalls of boxing was actually television. Really, because these fights were televised. Mm-hmm. Okay, so people were watching these fights with their families. Yep. Right. Okay, and boxing is a dangerous sport, and sometimes people die. And you can't they, really show advertisers wouldn't be right. want to be around yeah. there and all that kind of stuff. Oh, so, yeah. they, more, so maybe, <laughs> there were some occasions where people died yeah, live right. on television. Oh, okay. Right. okay, that's crazy, and that really um, put a dampener on everything, yeah. and it really gave it a negative face. Okay, and there were well one of the reasons why before 1920, boxing was kind of in the background, was because uh, people were against it morally. Mm. Okay, um, and there was a religious reform movement in America, and it was kept down. It was actually illegal, really, uh, in a lot of states of, in America. Oh, okay. Okay, um, after the First World War, that morality kind of dropped away with the 1920s and prohibition and mm-hmm. all that yeah. kind of stuff okay so culturally america shifted mm-hmm. and at, it was at that time in the time of radio when boxing became huge okay, okay. cool and now that's the period it's set in awesome okay that. the golden age of boxing yep 
Yeah. Love that. So, um, look, I'll, look, I'm going to be honest. I'm the only one at this table who hasn't done any play testing, and we're not going to be talking about the game and how yeah. it actually plays tonight. But... Um, well, no, no, but but I guess the question that uh, I guess that I have for you, Rob, is what about that time for you, and what inspired you to kind of go? That's something that you wanted to actually kind of invest some time to spend some time in and create a, a game around that that time well, period. I'll tell you a little bit more about the game. So it's set in that era, but it's not a historical game. Like it's mm-hmm. set in that period. Yeah, yeah, it's got that theme. But the characters are not real characters. Yeah, I, sh- I should say what I meant spent time in that. I didn't mean I know it was a historical game. What I kind of meant was like, was there something about it just seemed like a fun time to create well, a game? Well, I actually or? am. I do like boxing. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm a boxing fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of boxing in that era. I like mm-hmm. all the, the boxers of that era. I like, you know, Joe Lewis, um, um, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, Rocky Marciano. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, I am a, a I love boxing. The, I love the names that boxers have. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, and they yeah, were characters. When you read about these these people, they were just they were interesting characters, larger than life characters, and that's mm. what I wanted in my game. The, the characters in the game are central to it, and they're they're comical, they're funny, they're larger than life. Um, and when I play, when I, when people play the game, I want them to be invested in the characters, mm-hmm. and when they're in, they're in the ring fighting. They, I want the, the people playing it to really want their fighters to win. I will personally. say though, I will say though, that was one thing that I felt in the oh, game. I did too. Like, yeah. like so, but so just to give listeners listen a bit of a bit of better background. So Ralph and I have played this game. Now we've only played it the once, um, <coughs> and um, I won. <coughs> <laughs> I was winning, and then <laughs> and then and then I wasn't. Then I wasn't. And there were heaps of things that I lo- that that I really enjoyed about about the game, but the one thing that definitely got me in to the game was when you did the readout of the um, yeah. boxes. So basically, the boxes have their own background story, right? And the quality, just like the fact that uh, Rob, you, your experience in writing, it absolutely mm-hmm. comes through, but. It was it was great. It was just really really good. Just yeah. basically reading about that, it's like okay, yeah, I see it now. That's, let's, let's go. That's something that's important to me. Like when I play board games and when I when I play games, I want to feel the theme. I don't not to say that all the games I play have strong themes. I like mechanics as well. Um, for example, we we're talking about Shards of Infinity. I love Shards of Infinity. It hasn't got much of a theme. Yeah, I love the mechanics. But what got me into board games and gaming in general is theme reliving like a theme and living that theme yeah so that's definitely what i wanted to create with my first board game i think you've nailed that like i the character i played was a frenchman yes and uh the backstory to him like was hilariously written like it was fantastic and i even found I like I did a particular punch in the game and knocked Damien out cold, and I basically just out of you like those big ads, like, yeah. like I was just getting it, like being an idiot and just getting into the playfulness. Yes, of his Jacques, Jacques Chevalier. That's it. That's his name. <laughs> and uh, he is a lover and a fighter. Yeah, look, it was. <laughs> and it today was, is our final. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It was really great because the the other thing that I really liked about it as well, and without giving away too much, it is a head to head battler. I mean, it is. Yeah. A, it is. A game about boxing um yep. there are definitely mechanics in there that um 
I gelled with really well. Like, mm. I saw a lot of Super Fantasy Brawl in there. Mm, me too. Um, mm. I saw a lot of games that I play with my son in there. That was the other thing that I really liked about it as well was that you had your nephew there, Rob. Yeah. And he was coaching me. And how old is he? I'd say he's what, he's, 10? He's 12. 12, okay. Yeah. yeah. And he loves it, yeah. But, but still, the, the it fact It's kind of like that guy massaging you between basically, the rounds, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's the quarter coach. He's the quarter yeah. coach. A good test for the game is I, I've played this with my mother. She's 70 years old. There you go. She's not a big gamer and she just loves it. Oh, and we we had a we had a fight and- I was in, in the game? In the game. In the game. In the game. Not a real fight. <laughs> Let's Me and my mum have a good relationship. Yeah. I love my mum. Okay. Rob's out with the TKO. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to do a TKO on her. She was she in the game. In the game. <laughs> in the game. Right? Of course, in the game. <laughs> Let's get that straight. Sure. Talking about the game. Yep. So she was very close to that. Like I was beating her character up pretty badly. And he yeah, was tired. And he was fatigued. Right. And he was about to go and then she just got one lucky punch in. And knocked me out. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> and I went down yeah. for the count and it was over. And she just loved it. She enjoyed yeah. it. So I've played a few games with her. Mm-hmm. That's great. She, so that's a good test because I wanted to, yeah. I would say it's medium weight in terms of uh, complexity. I'd, I'd agree. Yeah. 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 I'll say yeah. on the lighter side, like not towards heavy. Yes. 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 Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We're um, looking at then about a 2.2 in the scale on the VGG. Oh, yeah. 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 If, yeah. if we want to do that. For the nerds out there. I think, yeah. I think, I think, I think the most important thing that, for, for me anyway is that like so before for the podcast R- rob and i were talking where we have this kind of like mixed relationship with war like uh, mm. rob rob is is far more knowledgeable in wars and military procedures and stuff like that than me but i think then all of us absolutely absolutely um i am generally against war but i find mm. the stories amazing mm. yes oh, now yeah. if you're gonna go down that right like everyone here's against I, it but how many technology i appreciate upgrades that, came the, from it you know like the point i, I, yeah. I definitely don't like war yeah the yeah. point the point i'm trying yeah. to make is that rob has has designed a game that utilizes a subject boxing which which a large number of people would find offensive do not like mm. but has but through the characters and through the simple mechanics, has turned it into something that is a lot more family friendly. Definitely, and I think you should absolutely be applauded for that because that yeah. was impressive, and that was one that was one thing that absolutely stuck well, with me. Yeah, and the thing about boxing is, it's dangerous, okay, but it brings out a lot of good things out of people, like courage, discipline, a lot of positive things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the one negative thing you could say about boxing is. It's the pe- people that get into it are usually people that want to get ahead in life. Okay, they're they're usually poorer people. Yep, like okay. my character. And they want the they game. want to get they want to get ahead and they want to get out of poverty. All right, mm-hmm. and that's one avenue for them to. do But it. also, like in boxing, yeah. even nowadays, big personalities. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. where the backstories that you have are amazing. Yeah, yeah, and there there is there were big personalities. In that era too, and yep. like, um, Joe Lewis. If you read about Joe Lewis, he was an amazing, amazing person. He did so much for America, really. Okay. When you th- when you we're talking about racial relationships and just being just a an awesome person, like mm. um, he really was a good role model, like in a lot of ways. Um, so was Rocky Marciano. He was he was a and they they were talking about salt of the earth people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Rocky Marciano was a family man, conservative person, um, and he was a he was a hero to everybody. So was Joe Lewis. He was a hero to all. So people. these real life boxers are sort of inspiration. You, yes, you put those in your game somewhat. Definitely inspirational for my game. Mm. It's inspired by those boxers. Yes. Well, yeah. I think I speak for all three of us when I say. Uh, we cannot wait to probably cover this game when you get to that final stages of that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah I'll be keen. Um, to I I am very games. keen to get in and actually have a play test as well. Definitely, we'll um, do it the soon. Boys yeah. have spoken about that. I, I'm keen for to get feedback and hear opinions. Definitely. Well, yes. look, yes. if you are if you are wanting to look, maybe get in and help Rob play test this game. I think the easiest way for you, if you come and join our Discord and get in contact with myself, Damien, or Ralph, we can get you in t- contact with Rob. Yep. We can do it that way. Um, if you're listening to this and it sounds like something that you want to try out or help play test, please get in contact with us. Go and check out the links below um, in on your podcasting app or on yep. YouTube. Come join us and we'll get you in contact with Rob because I think, obviously, you said you need more play testing. So, oh, definitely. Yep. So yep. we're looking yep. forward to that. So how, how long have you been working on it for? Oh, about 10 months because yep. I I spent a bit of time. This is what I do. Whenever Whatever I work on, I have to research it thoroughly and yep. know the thing inside out. I'm just that kind of person. I'm a bit of a perfectionist in that way. So I spent a bit of time doing research. Um, I spent a lot of time designing the characters and I went overboard with how many characters I designed. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a few expansions in it. Publishers, if you're listening. <laughs> um, Milk that cow. <laughs> He's ready. Right. But uh, yeah. Are you ready to I go designed- the distance with Rob Vella? <laughs> that's just the thing. When I, when I wrote this last book, uh, Tough Gut, I designed... Over 100 units for it, okay? Shit. Which is nuts. Wow. It's got 60 units in it at the moment. Right, okay. Right? So something similar happened when I started working on this game. I started yeah. creating the characters and I got so into it because I did, I did so much reading about personalities, the personalities of the boxes at that time that I, I got inspired to create yeah. all these boxes, all these different different characters. So I, I, I designed about 27 different characters. Look, I, I'm really not into boxing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And like I, I watch like the big fights every now and then when they show yeah. at the club yeah. and things like that, but that's about it, you know? But the thing is um, I, I've designed this game for people for people that are into boxing, but also people that aren't into boxing. Well, yeah. This is what I'm about to say. Yeah. Like I am not into it. Played the game once. It's, it's supposed to be fun too, and it's, I think it is fun. It, yeah. it is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, not going too much into the mechanics because I understand your um, f- sort of evaluating and perfecting yes, it changing. to how you want. It's constantly yeah. evolving. That's right. Um, but yeah, that night, yeah, absolutely thrilled with what you put on the table. The teach, you know, you were helping me through it and stuff, but it was very quick to pick up and learn. Yeah. Um, so yeah, looking forward to seeing more I of it. I guess you could say it's a bit of a gateway to boxing. Definitely, eh? definitely. Eh? Well, this is Come the, on, this, the goal. One. The goal Terrible. of the game is to appeal to people that are boxing fans, but to, to appeal to the general public as well that uh, that appreciate that will appreciate the mechanics and appreciate the fun of it as well. I actually learned a couple of things about 1930s boxing because I only know boxing from my era, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, then, for example, if you get knocked down three times, that's the fight. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. That's your TKO. You're There's done. There's no TKO. Well, there kind of was, but not really. Like you can get knocked down as many times as you want. Yeah. You can stand three, back up three and just times keep in one going. round, or is it three times in general? These days, it is. Yeah, back it's then, in general now. If yeah. you if you look at the Jack Dempsey um, fight from nineteen twenty when he fought um, the Dempsey role, the world champion. 
you probably heard of um, Jack Dempsey. I can't remember his name now. I can't. I'm going. I'm going. To, I'm going to make myself uh, just absolutely more of a nerd than I already am. My boxing exposure comes from watching Hajime no Ippo, which is a long-running uh, boxing anime, anime and yeah. manga. It currently has over one thousand three hundred volumes, and I've read them all. Wow! And okay. so, uh, and I've watched all the the anime stopped a long time ago. But that's when you say Dempsey, I, my mind goes Dempsey role because I'm thinking of the anime because that's one of the main role the moves that the character does in the anime. So yeah, that's the, pretty cool. the fight I'm talking about it was a nine twenty. Yep. Um, it was against the world champion. It was this tall, massive guy. It was six foot seven. They oh, there was the, no weight divisions as well. Like it was just oh, no. there were divisions. Oh, was yeah, there? Yeah, there was, oh. it was, but yeah. Um, if if you're talking about the heavyweight championship, that the variety in weight is the biggest right. variety because you, you can have massive guys and you can have guys that are just over. The, the weight limit yeah you know I mean? yeah but yeah uh he fought this massive guy and he in the first round i think he knocked him out like a ridiculous amount of times like like eight times or something Shit. and he kept on getting up and yeah wow it was it was the wild west back then like, yeah there was there was no regard for safety and stuff uh, there were some like they, they, they if the referee <laughs> saw, <laughs> saw he's breathing he can keep yeah, going yeah. <laughs> it was, but yeah it was a lot le- less than it is today obviously yeah obviously uh, but um yeah but um well look i think speaking of the wild west i'm going to need to segue this to our final segment of the <laughs> evening because we could be talking about boxing all night because i and i know that you guys i'm here yeah. well because you love <laughs> you love it but also the game is really good yeah. but the final thing that we'd like to do tonight is we invited rob here because of we wanted to talk to him about bolt action and the game that he's designing but we also then had the idea we've been working on this for a while and we couldn't figure out when to do it and we figured this is the perfect idea Rob, we would like you to be our dragon in tonight's Dragon Den of Board Games. How this section is going to work is that Damien, myself, and Ralph, we have to come to you as the with a with a board game pitch. We're going to pitch you a game of some description. Yeah. We're going to have to have a theme and some kind of mechanic in it. And then we would like to, we're going to see if you can either A, invest, or B, you can tell us which one you think has got the most potential in a board game. As the person who was the closest to an actual board game designer of the three of us at this particular point, I think I can think of no one better to give our random Wild Wild West bullshit thoughts of some board, <laughs> board games. What do you reckon? I think that sounds great. I think it'll be funny if like, like fun, we yeah. build off the idea as well. Like if you have a great ID and then like Damien has something interesting to tack on, that could be pretty fun. That's too. right. So take some yeah. notes because uh, look, these could be the next hit games on uh, after after Rob's one hits the shelves. These could be the next or, hit or, or not. Or they not. Just or could we'll be see. terrible. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's rip the bandaid off, Damien, and let's start tonight. We'll go to you. You got the you got the first idea. We'll go to you. Yep. And uh, look, uh, welcome to the den. Please uh, present your case to uh, to Rob here. Is and this like Shark Tank mm. sort of? Yeah, there's yeah, like, yeah. Shark yeah. Tank, Dragons, and it's the same. It's the right. same concept. It's yeah. Just- Depends on which side of the board. Yeah, are you in, oh, are you in America or in the UK yeah, taking talks? The same thing. All right. So the game that I've been thinking of for quite a while, actually, I, I'll, I'll never have time to design it. So, look, if anyone listening if they actually thinks it's a good idea, if Rob thinks it's a good idea, <laughs> by all means, please go design it. Just put my name in a book somewhere and I'll be happy. Um, is, is it a trick taker? Of course it's of course a trick it is. taker. Yep. It's going to be a tri- trick taker. But it's Ooh, a trick taker. With See, I'm boned already. There we go. Yeah. Um, it's making me happier about my my pitch. Then we'll see. No, go ahead, so go ahead. the goal the goal of the trick taker is that the way you finish this is by completing a comic book. And what the way the way that works is that the cards on them, instead of having suits, they would have different colored characters, and and um, every character 
uh, uh, sorry, and then, and then the value of the card would represent the strength of the character. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what you were doing is you would play around whoever won uh, certain tricks. They could then turn around and uh, well, whoever is the winner of that round, I should say. So typically whoever's won the most tricks. Um, what they would then be able to do is they would be able to take one of the cards that they have won in one of those tricks mm-hmm. and they would add it to their comic book. Okay. And that would represent a character that is currently available in that in, in that comic book. Hmm. The what you what you are doing by doing that is one, you are basically these 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 characters are essentially um, not only points that you would get, but they're also multipliers as well. Okay, so we would say the more characters you get of a certain color, um, therefore the the more the the way or the the increase in the multiplier. The problem is though is that as you're taking characters out of the deck. You're watering, or you're, you're you're making it harder to continually win using that suit because there are fewer cards now available in right. that character's suit. That's the basic premise of the game that I have so far. I've thought about adding other things like maybe you could trade in those characters and therefore reintroduce them back into the deck to then buy other cards. I don't know. Um, have you got a name for this this idea of no, yours? Oh, no, no, just comic book trick taker game. I work in IT. <laughs> the hardest thing to do in IT is to name anything. So no, I do not have a name. <laughs> That's, That's why question. we have policies that we name our <laughs> exactly servers. Right. On. <laughs> so, yeah. How do you how do you how do you win the game? How do you end the game? Do you have to complete your comic book, or is it just based on points? I would say that the that um, the the idea I had up front was that it would be the first person to either get seven or eight. Mm. characters in their comic book and that's it the game's over so you still so you have that other thing that i really like in games is that where you can force the end of the game early if you think you've got it um got a workshop name for you team up team okay you gotta you gotta get your team together team up or yeah i like that so or yeah Um, or something i reckon like comic book mayhem yeah something like that yeah 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 um, team up a comic book mayhem game, but team that's up. that's kind of what I was thinking. The the goal, the goal of the game it was not it was, it was never intended to be a, a, a longer older style of trick taker. So German style trick takers can go can last for hours. Um, the goal of it was always supposed to be to be like a forty five minute trick taking card game, something you can play with the kids. That's it. Love that. So yes, what okay. it's called? Like, no idea. I like how it all comes together. Like how you have to. Complete the comic book. Uh, that's that's really yeah. Cool. So it, it it's an idea. Okay. Yeah. Right, that, that's your first idea. All right. Well, I'm gonna go next because I've got an idea which I've been stewing about. <clears throat> Let me uh, set the scene for you. The year is 1999. The day is December 31st, and uh, we are not attending a party. In fact, the opposite. I was going to say Prince is still alive. No, exactly right. Is it the end of the world, is it? No, it could be because Y2K could be set upon us in ID10T, the board game. So that's the name of the board game that I've come up with. Uh, And the idea of the game, the idea that I have is this is going to be a real-time cooperative game in which you and uh, up to, I don't know, let's say three of your friends are trying to prevent the Y2K bug from happening on New Year in 2000. And the game itself is uh, kind of like in the vein of like Magic Maze or The Crew. You start off with one mission and that mission would be, okay, we need to take IT support calls. And so like maybe you draw a card off the deck and it says uh, you need to do 
such as this. Maybe it is like, it's got a bit of a party feel to it. So maybe it has to be, you actually have to use your mobile phone and actually call someone and get them to say a particular word before a timer runs out. So this will be a whole bunch of sand timers and things like that. So maybe say like, hey, your support ticket is, I need you to call this person and get them to say sorry for me or something like that. Um, and then, you know, whilst I'm doing that demo, you would draw the next card and we have to get through an X amount of missions. So, you know, and if we complete that, we would go to, you know, mission number two, which would be like, okay, we have the IT support desk, but now we add on the uh, data center and the data center is like, all of a sudden the switches are starting to fail. So you need to go over there and re, you know, you need to re, you know, have you tried turning it off and on again? It could be in a card, for example. So, you know, to do that, you have to like turn your phone off and turn it back on again or something like that and restart your phone um and things like that and then you know you keep adding on a few different missions and in maybe different areas different rooms you can have the data center as i said you can have um <laughs> you can have the finance office or the director's office which he oh. keep he keeps calling you into the director's office and he keeps taking you away from the game it's like uh, i've got stuff to do i'm just thinking of an event deck where your parents call <coughs> you because they can't access their email worse yet someone in, like there's a project manager who files everything as urgent yeah absolutely I had urgent. That today. Yes, no, yeah, absolutely right you know oh wait patent pending this is great this is i should have asked you guys for ideas earlier that'd be great yeah. well, your, mom, your mom keeps on ringing you yeah know, yeah how do i do this and there yeah, yeah and that's like, right you remember that pc you built for me 10 years ago yeah <laughs> and like, and i think so, i got a virus on there and so then that's the idea of the game is like so kind of like in the vein of like kitchen rush and these sorts of games which are yeah. out there at the moment using some sort of timer but I wanted it to kind of be a bit of a, have a bit of a party vibe. So maybe you actually have to use your mobile phone, like not as app specific, but do something like maybe you have to send a text message to someone, or maybe you have to send a text message to multiple people and then wait for a response. And if you get the re- appropriate response or something like that, or that kind of stuff. And then if we don't successfully do it in a certain amount of time, Y2K happens and the world goes to crap. Well, well that sounds like fun. And it sounds like a really unique theme, actually. Now that I'm talking about it, I'm gonna to have to put so I'm gonna put something. <laughs> yeah, I think we can build off that. I think we could anyway, but that was my like, that was my idea. Because there's a lot of us here that work in IT. Yeah, yeah, capacity, yeah, so. yeah I was just thinking one go. of the saddest days of my very, very first job was going into the office and like January third or fourth and the computer turned on. It's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> work today. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, all right. Right, that was my game idea, Ralph. Man, I, I think we should actually take that idea and run with it. <laughs> Well, it's well, I've never heard of uh, a game like that before. So, yeah. Well, there you go. You've heard it. You've heard it here. First. Like there are some we... techie games out there, like Touring Machine being yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. But this, this but, is yeah, like chaos in a box. It sounds yeah, like but this is like a party game. This is not like a mathematical puzzle. So yeah, yeah. I still don't know. Different. I don't know how the timer works or like how what like maybe it just has to be. You have to do three of these missions within a certain time period. And if you don't, there's some. Well, maybe it's like I'm, simultaneous card play, right? Maybe yeah. I don't know. But like yeah, we're gonna have to workshop this. I think we should. I think that's a great idea. Board Game Gateway publishers. Yeah. Oh gosh publishing company oh good yeah. <laughs> uh, but first we're going to be publishing my game oh there you go. Yeah. Let's, hear it. let's hear it because uh i am nowhere near as prepared as these guys but i love theme uh mm. in a new board game because especially with kickstarters mm-hmm. they don't need to show off the mechanics they just need to show off the theme right and bits and, of plastic and bits of plastic, <laughs> plastic. and that's it yeah that's it and go these are professionally painted even but these won't look like your ones <laughs> Um, so what I'm after here, right? Stay, mm-hmm. stay with me, right? Uh, I'll stay with you. It's going to get a little bit political. Oh, oh okay. here we go. Love oh, it. Because right. mm. it's actually based on a true story. Oh. All right. 
International Space Station, because I'm going to have a board game that's based in space, because it's very original. Uh, so it's based in space at the International Space Station. Have they found metal? Have they gone to Utopia? I think so. Okay. I think they've got it. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah, Aussie just left the space station Perfect. and landed okay. safely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's, er, everyone's okay then. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's how we entered a concert, actually. You just Sorry. went straight in. Anyways, International Space Station 2021. Everything's fine. 2021? 2021. During okay. COVID, okay. During COVID, that's was, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They wore masks up there. There's no oxygen, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. right. I wonder if COVID... Ever, anyways, we're digressing here. 2021, International Space Station, all right? We have... It's it's predominantly Russians, and there's some Ukraine astronauts up there as well. Ah, okay. So not, not, not the COVID angle, it's the war angle. Okay. War breaks out. Mm. Okay. You, you're a team. You're doing experiments on this space station. Oh, no, it's secret. Like, it's secret Hitler be, in the ISS. All of a sudden, <laughs> four random cards get dealt out to players with a fifth one sitting out. One of you may have got orders from Putin to oh, sabotage. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Okay. I'm, I'm in. There's things that break on the ship. There's experiments that need to be done. But there is only one way to get back to Earth. And only one astronaut can leave at a time and come back to the space station. Okay, so comms have been cut off since those cards have been dealt out. So you're completing these missions with simultaneous card play. I haven't quite dived down yet on the mechanics, right. like I said, because this is going to Kickstarter next week. <laughs> <laughs> the minis are sorted, though. The, the minis, minis are sorted, amazing. though. Uh, you have a Game found exp- exclusive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have a 20-inch true-to-life replica. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you, you can make a prototype out of Lego. That's right. Yeah, yeah exactly that's right. right. Yeah. So one astronaut can go down to Earth and then come back, even though that never actually happens. But that's fine. It's a board game. We want this to be fun. You can come back and you can like tell them what you found out about the current wars that's going on. Uh, they could just be like random event decks and things like that. Um, but the point is, right, you never know because you have to rely on the other players to send you back to Earth safely. They can be sending you anywhere you want. And Earth just sends up a new spacecraft anyway. They're like, oh, you just mm-hmm. sent down an empty one. That's cool. So you never know if you're really going to be betrayed by anyone. And there will be an end goal where everyone needs to return safely, but one man will have to always man the ISS. Like I said, I haven't quite dived into it, but I think the theme could present some um, challenging paranoia, which I love in a board game, (laughs) that semi-cooperative type thing. And Mm. we'll need to think of things that you can actually do on the International Space Station. They do something up there. I don't know what it is. (laughs) They make bubbles. They make bubbles? See all the time. (laughs) Yeah, so that's my idea. Uh, I think it's got some legs on it, but... Maybe, maybe there'll probably... be a mechanic where, like, you know, like an astronaut needs to step out to do external repairs and they need to build an oxygen deck and things like that. And they can only yeah. do that if they, before, if before they, they say, this, look, I'm just going to pop out the smokes. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about uh, just a, a random idea if you, like, if you have the end, the end, uh, like, uh, modules of the space station. If someone, oh, you can break it, it apart. Yeah, you, well. can, you yeah. can break it apart and, and jettison someone out or something like yeah, that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Or something like that. Yeah, like know. wasn't this four bedrooms? No, it was three. I swear, uh, three, <laughs> bedroom, three bedroom ISS. It's got sunset views. <laughs> yeah, some views. Some views. I don't know. <laughs> some views. That was good. Well, right. Yeah, well, like so I just thought of the. Theme I think the only it, problem with yeah. this game is it might create a bit of friction between some of the players because of the the political side of it. Mm. I see. That's the only problem I see with it. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll have, too, we'll have to make it's it too like, recent. It's too recent, you reckon? Yeah. So how? Yeah. Well, it's still ongoing, actually. It's, it's, it's definitely, it's you know definitely it's still ongoing. But, but this, make it Cold War. But the thing is, it actually is a true yeah. story where uh, there was Russians on board the ISS, and they had to they had to send a Ukraine down. Right. Uh, and they really? actually, they actually, okay. they actually sent him down safely. So cool. that's a true okay. story that actually happened. Right. Which is quite yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was cool because they took a mock photo of them unplugging his oxygen. <laughs> they sent it down to Earth. <laughs> right. Yeah, legit. Wow. Oh, wow, that's interesting. All right, Rob. Well, you give us what which one of our three games do you want to back? Do you want do you want to put any uh look five percent share, ten percent share? Do you I I have to go with your one to be honest with you, because <laughs> it sounds fun. It's a unique theme. Um, <laughs> I think we should develop it actually. Well, I think it's pretty cool. It's, yeah. a, it's a type of game you could play with your family and play with a, a lot of people and have fun. Mm-hmm. It sounds yeah, it's, it just sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you can turn around to your family and go, now nah, you know why <laughs> I am balding and just just annoyed all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And what what makes it interesting to me is that it's the topic is IT, right? Yeah. Which sounds dull, but you've made it interesting and you've made it fun because you've said it in the the, the Y2K, Y2K universe. Yes. Yeah, that's um, a, a lot. situation. I, I will admit, I have been stewing on this idea of like, how do I turn IT support into a board game? I have been stewing on this idea for about eighteen months, and like, and literally, I will admit, the only one idea so far that it made my mind go bing was when you went, uh, you know, when marketing pings it as urgent, yeah. and I went, oh my god, there's so much here that I wasn't I I was think, forgetting. Um, like, obviously, with like permission. You can get so many iconic quotes from like the IT crowd on cards. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, like that. Yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. All right. Well, look. If look, Rob gave his answer, but what's your answer? What do you think? Do any of these games sound like something that you'd like to see play, or you know, any ideas or features that you uh, thought? Um, I do want to give a big shout out uh, to one listener in particular, Nicholas, who uh, he, he he has been uh, pretty active and he's been responding to our YouTube videos and our Spotify questions and things like that. So I want to give a big shout out to him because he, um, you know, he's always active. And so, you know, let's not let him be the only one. If you like what you're hearing and please, if you, any of these games, we want to hear which one would you like us to, uh, you know, make or back or something like that. But um, Rob, look, thanks. I want to thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with us, mate. Yeah, I know pleasure, can, my pleasure. Can be a bit intimidating sometimes coming on these kind of things, but um, look, I, I, I'm I'm intrigued in your game now. So uh, yeah, it's really fun. It's, it is, yeah. Look, really I'm like uh, I know I I know Rob. I gave you a bunch of feedback on the day and then continued the following day yes, and yeah. stuff. And I met every word of it. The game was a ton of fun. I would love to play it again. Yeah, and uh, every bit of feedback is valuable to me and I appreciate it. And when I've designed these books, every scrap of information I get from my playtesters is extremely valuable. So, yeah, I really, really appreciate the feedback, guys, that you gave me. So, again, if you yeah. want to get in, get in touch with Rob, I mean, the easiest way is come and join us on uh, either come and join our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash board game gateway, or come and join our Discord channel. Uh, click in the link down below us because we can get you in contact with Rob through that way. We're always manning Discord and all those kind of groups and things like that. So on behalf of myself, Damien, uh, Ralph, and uh, Mr. Rob over here, thank you very much for listening to episode 44 of the Board Game Gateway podcast. If you liked what you're listening to, hit like, hit subscribe, give us a rate on iTunes, all that stuff. Help us. We are three subscribers away from number 100. Uh, number 100. Uh, maybe your friend could be or you if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed you could be number 100 so look until uh, episode 45 thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time bye guys bye
No. Get your mum to stand to us. Oh, don't worry, it's fine. Don't worry, it's all, it's all, it's all part and parcel of the experience. We're very, we're I very usually remember things if like that. No, it's all good, time, mate. It's, it's literally not a big deal. Mate, you, you, you know how many times we've gone.